For thousands of years, we've been under the impression that the Bible was intended to be taken seriously. Finally, a new translation that changes all of that. This is Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible! Reach out, touch space! Parkside Lounge, this is Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible. Each month, a guest joins me, David Tuckman, as we try to read through my brand new translation of the Old Testament. Today is March 18th, 2013. It is disgusting outside. So I want to thank my entire live audience for being here tonight. Are you guys excited? Thank you so much, you crazy people. The weather tonight is biblically bad. It's almost as if if I didn't know any better, I would think that God doesn't want me to do this tonight. (laughs) But we're going to do it anyway. First of all, just a little bit of an announcement. Uh, February, last month, has been our best month so far in terms of exposure, in terms of downloads. So thank you each and every person who has downloaded it. It's been absolutely amazing. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I think last month I announced that we've taken over all the United States. This month I can say that, oh my God, what the fuck Bible is slowly taking over Europe. We've hit Germany, Switzerland, England, France, Spain. We are, um, well, I don't want to say who we like, but I might be invoking Godwin's law right now. But we are slowly capturing all of Europe. So thank you, everyone (laughs) who has listened to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. This, uh, I just want to say, this is a huge landmark for me. This is our sixth episode. So I've been doing this for half a year. It's crazy. Thank you. I mean, this this started, I started the translation in April of 2012, so it's almost been an entire year that I've been working on this project, and I just want to thank you for making this go from just an idea that I had one night to this amazing show that's been going on for six months and getting stronger every single month, so thank you so much. There's not that much news that I have to report this month. Um, la- at the beginning of February, we were featured on Juniverse, which was incredible. Uh, there's some secret things going on, but I can't reveal anything to you yet. I just want you to know I'm working on things. It's going to explode very, very soon. Uh, One project that I have that you can help me with, if you want to let people know about the show, if you want to spread exposure, uh, I'm working on a BuzzFeed that's going to go up. If you know what that is, I'm going to go up the week before the next episode. So if you want to share that with your friends, be on the lookout on the Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible Facebook page, the Twitter, the Tumblr. I'll be promoting that. Then you can promote it and share with everyone, and this thing will explode. Speaking Speaking of the Twitter, all that, you can find, oh my god, what the fuck Bible is always on Twitter uh, or at omgwtfbible on facebook.com slash omgbible, omgwtfbible.tumblr.com, and of course, omgwtfbible.com. And as always, please write reviews. I've seen some amazing ones. Now let's get into it. Who's ready for our guest? This guy is a very, very funny comedian. You've seen him all over the city, including Staten Island, which is incredible. <laughs> I've known him for a long time. Please welcome to the stage, Steve DeSiena. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Thanks Hi. for having me. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Cool. Steve, you have a great honor. Um, there's something very special about you. You are our first non-Jewish guest. Oh. Yeah, applause for that. Um, I wasn't sure whether to like egg them on for applause. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I mean, I'm I, not it, Jewish. It dropped there for a second. I was hoping it would pick up. <laughs> it's, it's partly in honor of the Pope, I think. Yeah. I thought it was about time. Well, he did call me before the show. What did he say? To wish me luck. Oh, good, good. <clears throat> was it in English? 
did you, what, did he just tweet at you in Latin? Uh, oh, is he Latin? <laughs> no, but his Twitter is all in Latin for some reason. I mean, he's Latin American. You guys are going to slowly find out that I know absolutely nothing about religion. And I guess not that slowly, because I just told you up top. <laughs> but I actually don't know anything about the Pope. <laughs> the only thing... <laughs> yeah! You know, but you know, I mean, you've seen pictures of him. You know that there's a new one, right? I know the hat. Yeah, I know that there's a new one. Yeah. How's he doing? I don't know. That, that's as far as I got to. He's adorable. Okay. He's a cute pope. He looks like Buster Bluth, kind of. Is that, is that another biblical reference? or I don't, um, I don't I even watch Arrested Development. Oh, it's the nerd Bible. So, Steve... You have no relationship with religion. Do you have an well, upbringing in religion? Well, I do, I do, actually. I was okay. raised Catholic. Yeah. Uh, I am confirmed. Great. Uh, <laughs> is that like a bar mitzvah? Is it? <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it kind of is. Not really. It's like a, It's more boring than a bar mitzvah. Okay. It's really you just sit in a place and they're like, you're confirmed, and then I think you become... The Jesus, or I'm not <laughs> sure, but um, I, I, my family grew up very religious. They, they raised me to be very religious, and um, I think after the confirmation, they sort of stopped. Like they used to, it used to be where we would go to church every Sunday. Yeah, and then uh, eventually, they only made me go during holidays. Uh huh. And then one day, like, I just went, Mom. You know, I've been living my life not thinking about religion ever. And nothing's different. And then I didn't have to go to church anymore. <laughs> That's great. So Welcome. here I am. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> do you do you have? I mean, do you have like a favorite biblical passage? Is there anything that you remember from the Bible from your upbringing? One thing that I uh, remembered vaguely in Wikipedia today yep. was uh, Moses is a cold-blooded killer. In the Bible. <laughs> so, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but there are numerous instances in which Moses, like, for instance, there's one uh, moment where he just straight up murders an Egyptian. Yeah. In the, just walks up to him and kills him. Yeah. And uh, that's awesome. But yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, there's also, there's also another moment when... Uh, what is it? He's on Mount Sinai? Yeah. And uh, it's the sons of Levi? Levi's? It's the sons of Levi. Sure. Levi, Levi. It's the sons of Levi. Levi, if you want to be Israeli. Levi. Uh, he tells them to go murder 3,000 people because yep. God told, and then they just do it. <laughs> and I was thinking, because in, in Moses supposedly wrote the Bible. In, yeah. Well, what if he just made it up to make him look cool. <laughs> like, what if God was actually like, Moses, you should make, like, the world's first no-kill animal shelter. And, and Moses... Moses was just like, no, I'm not, I mean, I did it, but don't write that. And then I just, and the other interesting part about that is that in New York, we have a hospital called Mount Sinai. Yes. And um, I have been in that horrible hospital. I've been in their ER before. And actually, I wouldn't be surprised if they were also responsible for thousands of deaths. <laughs> because... 
Wonderful. The worst hospital. So that's that's what I remember about the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> that Mount Sinai yeah. is uh, guilty of malpractice. Mm. Um, what's your, so the next question that I'm going to ask you uh, is something that I ask all my guests. What's your earliest memory of me? Um, uh, I, uh, David and I went to Hunter together. We met in college. We met in college. And uh, I remember... One thing that I remember, you came to my birthday party. Yeah. And I didn't think I really knew you that well. No. I, I kind of, I mean, obviously I knew you enough to come to my birthday party. But uh, I remember one of my friends uh, came up to me during the party and he said, Hey, uh, you invited a guy who looks exactly like you to your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> our audience is very confused. Yeah, right now. Sorry, that's right. This is a podcast. <laughs> or no, our live audience because we look exactly like oh, yeah, each other. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. the podcast. <laughs> understands perfectly yes <laughs> so and i was like that's why i'm friends with him <laughs> you see yourself in me yeah yeah it's like a living mirror <laughs> a living jewish version I'm of me <laughs> as you watch me degrade you just gain strength yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right are you guys ready for chapter six yeah, yeah. steve are you ready to read uh, I am, but I gotta warn you guys right now, I might mispronounce quite a few things. Don't worry, I will too. This is, I'm really excited about this one. It is fucked up. Mm. It is the most fucked up one we've done so far. A lot of shit goes down a in this passage. A lot of crazy shit goes down in this chapter. Here it is. This is Torah, a loose translation. In the beginning, chapter 6 in which Avram has a pretty trippy experience, gets a little something on the side, and is asked by God to do something really wacky. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Okay. After all the things that happened before right now, Jehovah, Jehovah visited... Guys, yeah. this is the Bible. <laughs> Have some respect. Just just a tiny bit. Let me let me start from the top. After all the things that happened before right now, Jehovah visited Avram in a vision. Don't be afraid, Avram, Jehovah said. I will be your protection. You know, your protection. You wouldn't want anything to happen to your slaves now, would you? Your reward will be very great. What shall you give me, Jehovah, my master? Avram said. I have no children, and the head of my household is Eliezer of Damashek? Sure. If you, do not, if you do not give me offspring, my housemaster will inherit me. Go on. He won't be your heir. Only one from you will receive your inheritance. Jehovah took him outside. Remember, this is basically happening in a hallucination. Look up at the heavens, Jehovah said. Count the stars. If you are able to count them, thus will be your descendants. Avram believed Jehovah, who thought he was righteous. Oh, sorry, I should read that differently. Avram believed Jehovah, who thought he was righteous. I am Jehovah, who has taken you from Urkashtim. Yeah. <laughs> That works. To give you this land to possess. I mean, as we learned last month, it's full of tar pits, but that's just extra security. <laughs> My Lord Jehovah, how can I know that it will be mine? 
Take three calves, three goats, three rams, a turtle dove, and a chickling. That's not an answer. Avram collected the animals and tore them apart. What the fuck? <laughs> he divided them into halves and placed each section opposite the other. Um, this is like getting kind of methy. <laughs> He did not dismember the bird. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why? <laughs> he dismembered, well, because... Scavenger. <laughs> Scavengers descended upon the carcasses, and Avram sat amongst them. Okay. <laughs> That's crazy. But th the word meaning sat amongst them could also mean drove them away. I prefer my version, where Avram sits down among the scavenging birds instead of driving them away, because it makes him way crazier. <laughs> <laughs> As the sun set, a deep trance enveloped Avram, and he was surrounded by a great and terrifying darkness. This is turning into a David Lynch movie. Then he watched a little person dance and talk backwards. Dennis Hopper opened his mouth, and a bird skeleton flew out. <laughs> know now and know well, Jehovah said. Your descendants will be strangers in a land that isn't theirs and will work under oppression for 400 years. However, I will exact judgment upon their enslavers and they will leave with great wealth. You will return to your fathers in peace. You will be buried at a ripe old age. You won't be dead yet, but you will be buried. <laughs> the fourth generation following will return to this land because the Amori have not finished being awful. <laughs> When the sun had gone and darkness arrived, a smoky furnace and lit torch passed between the gross animal pieces. <laughs> On that day, God consecrated his covenant with Avram. And Avram was finally accepted into Omega House. <laughs> this is a fun sentence for me to read. <laughs> I, shall I shall give this land to your offspring, he said. From the rivers of Mitzrayim, to the great river, the Euphrates. You shall have dominion over the Kaini, the Kinesi, the Kadmoni, the Chiti, the Prizi, 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 Prizi works, Prizi, the Rephaim, the Canaan, the Gargashi, and the Ya. Yavusi. Yes. You just, you, there you go. Let's give it up for, for Steve for getting on. <laughs> so um, this is a, a little bit of a, a footnote here. Last month, some in the audience asked about the biblical definitions of God promises, God's promise to Avram about the, the promised land. Now, um, at that point, he just told him to spin around and everything that he saw would be his. So it wasn't very well defined. Remember, I think this book was written by people and does not actually represent a divine promise to the Jewish people, but it's probably important to dissect the stuff that has political implications, like this one. Here, Jehovah promises the land from the river of, the Mitzrayim, or river of Mitzrayim, or Egypt, to the Euphrates, which is the traditional translation of the Hebrew word prat. The traditional interpretation of River of Egypt is that it's the Nile, but sources argue over how far west the claim goes, whether it's the Nile or whether it's another 
you know, tributary of the Nile that has dried up over the centuries. The Euphrates is really, really long and stretches from northern Syria through Iraq and into the Persian Gulf. This is all from Wikipedia, by the way. <laughs> the two rivers are the only borders here, so this could be referring to a pretty wide swath of land. It only gives uh, an eastern and a western border, and the Euphrates is more of a northeastern border that's very, very vague. The only other clues we have are the tribes mentioned here. Based on them, the Kaini, the Kinesi, the Kadmoni, the Chiti, the Prizi, the Rifaim, the Emori, the Kanani, the Girgashi, and the Yuvusi. <laughs> I mean, 18 years of Hebrew school messed me up in the head a lot. <laughs> based on those tribes, the claim to Israel, again, basing land disputes on what I think are ancient storybooks, probably doesn't hold up. But this could stretch from Egypt to Syria and pretty deep into Jordan, Iraq, and Saudi Arabia. On the other hand, there doesn't seem to be evidence for the Kinesi, Rifaim, or Girgashi being anywhere in these borders, so maybe the book just got its facts wrong. Uh, is, is that audience member here today? No, she is not. <laughs> But she might be listening, and I want, you know, I want to be forthright. <laughs> um, uh, I really like this part. So let's get back to this crazy story. Sarai, Avram's woman, could not have kids. <laughs> but she did have a slave woman named Hagar she'd picked up in Mitzrayim. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes. Okay. Um, just wanted to point out something that happens in this book a lot is we just kind of skip from anecdote to anecdote with no connection in between. So Yeah, the last yeah. part just kind of ends. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Here we are. And it gets right into the steamy part. Yeah, of the sex time. Uh, That's no, what I say every night. No spoilers. That's what you say before you read the Bible. Yep. Sex time. Behold, Sarai told Avram, Jehovah has stopped me from bearing children. Why don't you try with my slave woman? Maybe she'll make a son for you. Avram listened to, to what Sarai said. Of course he did. <laughs> so after Avram had been dwelling in Canaan for ten years, Sarai gave Hagar the Mitzri to oh, Hagar the Mitzri to Avram, her man, as his woman. So some translations have this word as concubine. This is again the word isha. This is crazy because it is the exact same word used to describe Sarai and Chava, Adam's wife, or woman, I'm sorry, and all the other ladies in this book. This is the exact same word that everyone thinks means wife, so it can be translated as wife, woman, or concubine, depending on the context, and people make up their own context. Yeah, you might even say that the Torah isn't very kind to women. No, you might. <laughs> As you'll soon find out. Uh, sorry, I skipped ahead too. We're up to Avram got ruddy. Oh, right. <laughs> what is, is this like a British sitcom that the Bible turned into? All this? Yep. He got so ruddy. I was ruddy. watching um, Monty Python. <laughs> Avram got ruddy with Hagar and she conceived. When Hagar saw she'd conceived, her opinion of Sarai, her, mis her, yeah, her mistress, sank. This is all your fault, Sarai said to Avram. I sent my slave into your lap, and now that she knows you've impregnated her, she thinks less of me. 
Let Jehovah choose between me and you. I think all we need are some out-of-context reaction shots and a few testimonials, and this is totally the real lady slaves of Canaan. <laughs> this is like Melrose Place to yeah. me. I don't know. Well, I know. I don't. <laughs> I never watched that show. And I've never read the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> She's your slave, Avram said. This is all in your hands. Do whatever you want with her. Um, Avram is a patriarch not coming off too compassionate here. This is totally his mess. <laughs> Sarai did. She abused Hagar, who ran away. And an angel of Jehovah found Hagar in the desert by a spring of water on the road to shore. Hagar, slave of Sarai, the angel said. Where'd you come from? And where are you... <laughs> And where are you going? I've escaped from the face of Sarai, my mistress, Hagar said. Go back to your mistress, the angel of Jehovah said, and bear her harsh hand. Your offspring will be plentiful. You will have too many children to count. In fact, the child you are currently carrying will be a son. Name him Yishmael because Jehovah has heard your misery. Uh, Yishmael comes from the Hebrew root Shema, which means listen. He will be a wild man with his hand in everything and the hands of all upon him. He will dwell amongst all of his brothers. Okay, so this is a little tricky. Traditionally, Yishmael is the father of Islam, so the way this prophecy is translated can be something of a Rorschach test for what more ideologically driven exegetes think of Muslims. For instance, Rashi, the uh, medieval translator, says his hand in everything Ishmael's hand in everything means his descendants will be bandits, and the hands of all upon him indicates that everyone hates him and attacks him. I'm sorry, Rashi, I love you, dude, but you're kind of a racist. <laughs> What's sad is that this interpretation has become normalized. If you look at the, this verse in the King James edition of the Bible, it reads, and he will be a wild man, his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. So it's a really, really adversarial translation. Here, I've tried to stick as closely to a little translation as I could. What seems to be a point of contention is the preposition. This is getting very technical. I've translated the prefix Hebrew letter bet as in, which is possibly accurate. Translated as against, which a lot of other people do, isn't necessarily wrong, but requires an assumption that I don't feel like making and isn't justified by the context here. So, back to the craziness. Uh, Elro I? Sure. Elroi. Elroi. Hagar called Jehovah, who had spoken to her because I've continued to see after having seen him. Since then, the well has been called the well of living and seeing. It is between Kadesh and Bared. Yeah. Hagar, Hagar, Hagar <laughs> bore a son to Avram. Avram called the son that had been born to him Yishmael. Somehow he knew the secret angel name. <laughs> at the time that Hagar and Yishmael, oh, at the time that Hagar had Yishmael, Avram was 86 years old. When Avram was 99 years old, Jehovah appeared to him. I just want to point out that 13 years have just passed. <laughs> I am El Shaddai, God said. Walk before me. Walk before me and you shall be innocent. I will establish my covenant between us and your progeny will be incredibly plentiful. Alvram collapsed, falling on his face. <laughs> 
Behold, God said, I am making this treaty with you. You will be the father of many nations. I guess that means Jews and Muslims, right? From this day forward, you shall now be known, you shall not be named Avram. You will be called Avraham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I will make you the patriarch to a multitude of nations. So, this is so corny. As part of the covenant, Avram became Avraham. Essentially, God said, ha. Yeah, yeah. that's getting cut. <laughs> I'm up to a multitude of nations, right? I don't yeah, want to miss yeah, this yeah. next line. I will make you fertile as hell and give you nations. <laughs> Kings will emerge from your seed. It will be gross. <laughs> I raise this treaty with you and with generations of your offspring after you into eternity. You and the generations that follow you shall make me your God. In return, I will give you the land in which you are now a stranger, all the land of Canaan, to you and your children to possess forever, and I shall be their God. You already said that, Jehovah. <laughs> now, you and your descendants must observe the terms of my covenant. Oh, God. This is the agreement I make with you and all who come after you. <laughs> You gotta circumcise all your sons and remove the flesh of their foreskins. Well, um, Jehovah, you're crazy. <laughs> Up to this point, you've just been sweet talking to Abraham, giving him a cool new name, promising that nations and kings are gonna fly out of his junk. But this, without any qualification, he doesn't say, like, you know, I know this is gonna sound crazy. He just goes straight into the genital mutilation with a 99-year-old. This will be a sign of the treaty I've made between us. For whatever reason, this never really caught on in contract law. <laughs> Throughout the generations, you must circumcise all male children when they are eight days old. Even slaves who are born among you or brought from outside must be circumcised. Okay, at this point, God sounds like an older brother trying to see how much he can get away with. Yeah, I'll let you play Nintendo, but only if you promise to let me punch you in the balls every day for the rest of your life. And if you have kids, my kids will punch your kids in the balls. And then my grandkids will punch your grandkids in the balls. And they'll have to do that forever and ever. <laughs> Thus, our pact shall be etched into your flesh, your flesh forever and always. God is crazy. <laughs> and if any uncircumcised male does not become circumcised, his soul shall be cut off from your nation. He has broken my covenant. As for Sarai, your woman, do not call her Sarai. She is now Sarah. Thank you. That sounds much better. I bless her. She'll also give you a son. I bless her. She will produce multitudes. Kings of nations shall, co shall come from her. Avraham rolled on the floor laughing his ass off. I'm going to be 100 years old when I have a kid. Will Sarah be 90 when she gives birth? Would that Yishmael live before you? I don't know what that means, and apparently nobody else does. Uh, Rashi says something about Avraham not thinking himself worthy of receiving another son, but that only kind of makes sense. This is probably just an idiom that nobody understands anymore, so thanks, Torah. Sarah, your woman, will give you a son, God said, and you will call him Yitz... No, I didn't ask you how to pronounce <laughs> this one. Yitzhak? Yitzhak. Yitz oh, great. That's even harder. Yitzhak, but it's Yitzhak. Isaac in English. 
Isaac. So Yitzchak means to laugh, which Avram just did. Um, it's really kind of a dick, and it totally destroys the surprise the way that God keeps naming everyone's kids for them. <laughs> you will establish my covenant with him, and he will with his children. My penis contract. <laughs> I've listened to you regarding Yishmael. I shall make him fertile and make him many. Twelve princes will be born to him, and I will give him a great nation. Now, I actually have something to say about that. Yeah. Because, I, I don't know, isn't it weird <laughs> yes. that your son was just born, and then someone just goes, your son's going to get laid all the time. <laughs> Just always. Would you really want to hear that? Yes. I mean, I'm, I just promised to I, mutilate his genitals, so that's probably the first thing on my mind. I, I also think that that's the plot for the fourth Twilight book, too. If you, I've read Twilight, but not the Bible. Uh, my covenant will be established with Yitzchak. <laughs> You say it whenever it comes up. Yitzchak. Who Sarah will birth in this season next year. God was finished speaking and lifted his presence from Avraham. By <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah. Avraham took his son Yishmael and all the sons of his house and slaves he'd bought. Bo? Is that supposed to be Bo? It's supposed to be Bot. Bot? Okay. And all the men who were among his people and single-handedly circumcised the whole lot of them in the middle of the day just like God told them to. <laughs> yeah. Abraham was 99 years old when he removed the flesh of his own foreskin. Abraham did that to himself. Yep. Yep. He did it to himself. Man, way cooler than my grandpa. He did not. <laughs> Yishmael, his son, was 13 years old when his foreskin meat was circumcised. Really? Did you have to write meat? Yes. <laughs> I didn't. The Bible did. Okay. Did the, did the Bible also write rolling on the floor laughing his ass off? <laughs> yes. Okay. In the middle of this day, Avraham and his son Yishmael were circumcised, and all the sons of his house and slaves were circumcised with him. Yeah. That's chapter six, everybody. Oh my God, let's hear it for Steve DeSiena. So, Steve, um, uh, we, we inaugurated this practice last month. Um, at the end of each chapter, we do something called a Devar Torah, okay. which literally means Torah word. So do you have one word that you can pick that describes um, what you feel this chapter was about? Just one word. Ouch. <laughs> Good word. Good word. Mine was skin. <laughs> I'm a little bit more apt. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, do you have any final thoughts in general about this chapter? Because we talk about that too, if you'd like. You know, this chapter has really convinced me that the Bible isn't all that bad. No. <laughs> just I'm still not going to read it. <laughs> just, but <laughs> just wait till we get to the animal sacrifice. I can't oh, wait. God. Yeah. No, this is one of the craziest ones, and it's totally arbitrary that these all fall together in the translation that I've written. But, you know, this is like, um, I usually have something profound to say, but after this, I got nothing. We got um, 
Avraham hallucinating and being promised some vague country in the future, um, then having sex with uh, his woman's uh, slave, and then cutting a piece of his dick off. <laughs> That's as profound as I can get this month. Yeah, yeah. This you might say this is a pretty good cliffhanger for yeah. the Bible. <laughs> for, uh, for what's gonna happen next? How can we top that? No pun intended. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, Steve. Yeah. Before we go, thank you again for coming and reading with me. Thank you. Um, do you do you, I mean? Do you have anything that you're doing in the coming weeks that our audience could check out if they'd like to check you out? Do you have a website they can go to? Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at S-D-E-S-I-E-N-A. Uh, I also run a monthly show on Staten Island called The Holiday Hangover Show, but no one's ever going to know that because there are no Jews on Staten Island. <laughs> <laughs> but if uh, you want to come to Staten Island, you should come to that. <laughs> uh, it's a ferry is free. And the show is free. It's called The Holiday Hangover Show. If you Google it, you're not going to find it. But you could friend me on Facebook. I don't know. <laughs> you used to have a Tumblr, but I can't find it anymore. Yeah, the Tumblr is called lastquestion.tumblr.com. I yeah. don't post on it. Okay. Um, what about you? What are you doing? You want to plug something? Oh, you already I, plugged stuff off the top, didn't you? I plugged stuff at the top. I stuck mine up there. They're the same old things, the Twitter, the Facebook, the Tumblr, the website. Oh, the social networking. Social networking. Oh, geez. Um, in general, you can find me at davidtuckman.tumblr.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, David underscore Tuckman. Let's hear it again for Steve D. Siena before we close out our show. Thank you all. Give it up for David, too, by the way. David Thank you Duffin. very much. Thank you all so much for coming out, for braving the weather tonight. Thank you to our amazing audience for being here tonight. Thank you to the Parkside Lounge, and thank you to Sarah, our waitress, for helping tonight. Let's give it up for her. Steve, I just have one last thing for you to do. Yes. Uh, please be sure to join us for Chapter 7, because next month, in the Bible... Some visitors stop by with troubling news about Sodom. <laughs>